Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Hey, we're going to be going to the to the Gospel of Luke this morning, and today our message is entitled Courage for Christmas. You know, uh, everybody needs a little courage for Christmas, especially the people at the first Christmas. Now, I don't want to uh, pop anybody's bubble or mess with anybody's family stuff, but let me tell you why I celebrate Christmas with such vigor, with such excitement, with such uh, um, appreciation. Most of you know, but, but perhaps you're wondering, you know, maybe uh, 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 you're thinking, hold on a second, you know, isn't this connected with some, isn't Christmas connected with some pagan thing? Uh, you know, no, some pagan thing tried to take a ride on Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's actually a celebration that Jesus enjoyed. He was in Jerusalem on this particular season. It was called the Festival of Lights. Jesus participated in his day. But the main reason why I'm so excited about Christmas is because I believe life begins at conception. And the Festival of Lights in that winter time, in this particular time, is the historic, not just traditional, it is the real time of the year when Jesus was conceived by Mary. And so this celebrating Christmas is one of the most exciting times for me. It solidifies so many things that I believe and hope and look toward and support, especially God sending his son as life begins at conception. Well, there's a little bit of extra for you this morning, okay? Now, we're going to be going to a traditional Christmas message passage, which if you look at the Christmas message, it includes, you know, pretty much a whole year of preparation of God sending an angel to Zacharias, you know, you can read about it. In, uh, we talked about it last week, in fact. We talked about uh, uh, how that this angel Gabriel visited Zacharias while he was in the temple. And, you know, there are some decisions. If you, if you look hard, you can find one thing to take home with you today. And one of the things you might want to take home with you is the fact that some good decisions make us happy but they leave us lonely. Let me say that again. Some good decisions make us happy, but they leave us lonely. We began our Christmas season series last Sunday with Luke's account of this angel Gabriel appearing to Zacharias. He was an old priest. The Bible calls him well stricken in years, okay? <laughs> I don't know what that means. In that day, it was probably about 45. 
<laughs> in our day, you know, uh, I just had a birthday a couple of days ago, and uh, you know, I'm I'm getting a little older. I'm not quite as old as as as, uh, uh, as as Pastor Vaughn, but I'm 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 catching up with you, by the way. This elderly priest named Zacharias, uh, he was in a particular place. We looked at it last week. He was standing at the altar of incense in the temple. He was the only one in there. He was praying for Israel. Would you bring up that, 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 that picture? We talked about this. And look, look at this. He was standing at the altar of incense. This is the furniture, the furnishings in the tabernacle, in the temple. Okay, And you can see it forms a cross. And right where he was standing, go ahead and bring up the, the, the next one. Right where, where, where Zacharias was standing and offering his worship and his praise, if you can see this right here, was right there at the heart of God. When Jesus laid out on the cross, okay, that would have been right where his heart was. That's where God receives our prayers. That's where the angels showed up. Right? A message from the heart of God. It's, it's just amazing, you know, uh, what we see in the temple, in the tabernacle. And, and uh, uh, this furniture was placed very particular. And we learned about it last week, how we enter into his gates, each gate, each court with thanksgiving and praise. And how we, you know, uh, how we go the way of the cross. And how that Jesus on the cross... Uh, tore the veil in half, opening up a way into the holiest of all for each one of us. We are welcomed into the presence, the power, and the glory of God now like never before. We can come before the throne of God boldly to receive mercy and find grace so that we can help others in their time of need. Well, you know, six months after Zacharias returned home and his wife was pregnant, the Bible picks up on another story and uh, on another part of the Christmas story. Elizabeth, after Zacharias went home, she conceived and uh, 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 she was uh, with child, the Bible says, in her old age. And uh, six months had passed and that same angel that had appeared to Zacharias in Jerusalem in the temple appeared to a young lady, a young virgin named Mary in the town of Nazareth. Nazareth, Nazareth is about uh, 72, 75 miles due north as the crow flies from Jerusalem. So, you know, Gabriel had a long walk, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Not really. I'm, tell you, I'm trying to get you to imagine this really happening. And so Gabriel shows up and he says to Mary, she was engaged to a man named Joseph. And uh, he, he says to her, listen, you are going to conceive supernaturally. And you are going to have a child that's going to be the son of God, the Messiah that God has promised to your people and the Savior of the world. And she said, my, you know, she believed the angel, okay? She believed him. That's, that's a miracle right there. But God prepares our heart to believe him. 
God prepares us for something before he asks us to do it. And so here, she believed him. And in believing him, she still had questions. And so she, she said, how in the world can this happen, seeing that I do not know a man? I'm a virgin. How can this happen? And he told her about the power, the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. And as he shared this with her, uh, uh, you know, uh, he ended up by telling her that your, your relative, Elizabeth, has conceived in her old age, and, and, and this is, will be proof to you. Some, you know, a, a miracle has already happened here. And uh, uh, for with God, he said, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. And uh, that is the place right there. Whenever he told her, with God, nothing will be impossible. That's the place where Mary really came in contact with her faith. And boldness in that moment rose up on the inside of her. And, and courage for that moment. You know, we can have courage for a moment in life. And, and having heard that from the angel, from the messenger of God, she says uh, those most powerful words that she uttered. You know, uh, then, then Mary said, Luke 138, Behold. You know, I am just a servant of the Lord. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, be it unto me. Let it be to me according to what you said. Be it to me according unto your word. And then the angel departed from her. More about that in a moment. But sometimes you can make a good decision. And it leave you lonely. Nobody else heard what the angel said. Nobody else was there. A lot of times when God speaks to people, there's nobody else there. Nobody else heard it. Well, let's begin with our message today. And the message begins in the 39th verse, the very next verse of... The Gospel of Luke. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Verse 39 says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now Mary left without any delay. She, she got up and went. Uh, we know because of the time frames that Mary went immediately because it had been six months since Elizabeth had conceived and Mary's going to stay there three months and she's going to get back before Elizabeth uh, delivers in nine months. And so, you know, all this is put together for us here. So we know that she got up and she went immediately. She walked or either rode, uh, bring, bring up this map. Let me show you this. She walked or rode a donkey. We don't know which one it was or a camel. It really... Uh, doesn't really matter, but she walked all the way from Nazareth, which is, uh, ooh, let's see. See where Tiberius is up by the lake there? To your left and down a little bit is Nazareth, Cana, Nazareth. And then she walked a route. It's called the, 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 uh, the uh, Patriarchs, the Trail of the Patriarchs, where Abraham would have walked and Jacob would have walked and Joseph would have, all this up up and down through here uh, uh, and down all the way down 
See where Jerusalem is, down lower in the middle. And most likely she walked on down to either Bethlehem or Hebron. We don't know exactly where Zacharias and Elizabeth lived, but we know they lived in one of the cities of the Levites of the priest, probably in Hebron. So she walked perhaps a hundred miles. For those of you uh, that that's about a, a, who are watching from other countries that 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 embrace the uh, the the uh, um, what, what is it? It's the uh, kilometers. Yeah, what is that? That is the. Uh, Metric. Thank you, Canadian friend. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Casey from Canada. Okay, that's like 168 or so, uh, um, you know, uh, kilometers. That's that's a long way. She went all the way, and it was in the winter, and she was pregnant, and she was, you know, not only that, but she's going to have to walk back, three months pregnant. In the early spring. Now, uh, why? Why do you think she was in such a hurry to get down and see Elizabeth? Knowing it was winter time, knowing that she was pregnant, knowing that it was a long walk and it was a long walk back, knowing uh, you know, that, that it was not going to necessarily be an easy thing for her to do, why do you think she went down there? Well, we, we know that it's, 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 it's reasonable that she went down to celebrate and to confirm and be happy with her family. But I'm going to tell you, uh, 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 I think there's, there's two major reasons why she went that figures into the story that God wants us to understand today. You see, the Bible is, is, is filled with just normal people. Mary was, for all practical purposes, a normal person. You know, uh, Joseph was a normal person. We should be able to put ourselves in their shoes. We should be able to see things from their perspective. We should be able to understand from Zachariah's perspective that, that he did not expect the angel to show up. It shocked him. We should be able to see from Elizabeth's perspective that she was probably a little embarrassed by being pregnant as old as she was. We know she was because she hid herself from her friends for the first five months. Okay? Verse 27 says, We know that, that these things were, were, were just life unfolding, just like it would be unfolding for you today. If you were there, you would still be a normal, common individual thinking normal, common thoughts, experiencing normal, common experiences. And that's what Mary was facing. And that's one of the reasons why I believe that, that all we have to do is look into this account with some normal, common eyes to realize one of the things that Mary needed. Of course, she was you know, wanting to confirm and celebrate the good fortune of, of Elizabeth. But there also lies within each one of us a desire to discuss our situation with other people who have had similar situations that we are facing. We all have a desire to, to discuss things. You know, pastors like to talk to pastors, you know. Engineers like to talk to engineers. People who like history like to talk to people who like history. People who have gone through 
some situation. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, one of the plants has laid off some people. People like to get together and talk to somebody else that was laid off in the same layoff they were laid off in. We have this need and this desire. What it is, it's a very common and a very godly need for us to, 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 um, to discuss our situation with others. Others who can understand where we are. You know, I'm a veteran. There are certain things that I feel when I get around other veterans that, 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 that people who aren't veterans may not, uh, may not identify with that camaraderie that, that we have. Uh, you know, uh, cheerleaders. They like to talk to cheerleaders. I mean, uh, it's not uncommon. So you can imagine that this young lady who is just a young girl, a young virgin girl who is engaged to be married in a town of Nazareth receives a visit from an angel, Gabriel, and she believes what he says that she is going to have a child by divine intervention and he tells her, listen, something not just like this, but something, a, a miracle of conception has also happened to your relative Elizabeth in her old age. And, and you know, uh, I don't know if he told her more. I don't know if she heard more. I don't know what went on. But you can imagine if an angel showed up to you, you'd want to talk to somebody else that that same angel had showed up to and told them something just as unbelievable as he told you. Now, that's, that's not unreasonable. Okay. You know, I believe she wanted to confirm and celebrate, but I also believe that she wanted to talk to somebody who knew what she was going through. Somebody like Elizabeth. Maybe, just maybe, Elizabeth and Zacharias, maybe, just maybe they would understand. Maybe they could shine some light on this. Maybe they could help me. Because I want you to know that the decision she made, be it unto me according to your will, be it unto me what you want, not was a good decision. Okay? It, and, and it made her happy. Uh, to please God makes you happy. But sometimes you can make a good decision and all of a sudden it leaves you lonely. The angel departed from her. Her parents didn't hear it. Her friends didn't hear it. What am I going to do? What should I say? Help me. Tell me. How in the world can I process this? Do you think it really happened? You know, I mean, the Lord spoke to me one time, you know, in 1982 on July the 4th. And every time I tell about it, I still wonder if it happened. You know? But every time I tell somebody about it and they end up telling me how God spoke to them, I go, yeah. Well, you can understand. Mary needed help. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth had experienced something like this, you know, foretold by the same angel. And, uh, uh, you know, she was, Mary's just hoping somebody can give me some perspective here. Somebody can help me. You know, um, the Apostle Paul even wrote, uh, excuse me, uh, Peter, in, in, in 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, that we tend to fellowship with people of like precious faith. Somebody that's gone through what we've gone through. Somebody that believes what we believe. Somebody that feels what we feel. Somebody that knows what we know. We tend to fellowship. We tend to congregate. We tend to need other people in our life that can confirm. What is it? Well, that's my point number one today. Don't, 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 uh, we, yeah, take this personally, okay? 
Number, point number one, we all need counseling. <laughs> I've got a couple of my counselors in here going, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of attorneys over there going, yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, we all need counseling. Okay. The Bible says with wise counsel make war. You know, there's safety in the multitude of counselors. You know, we all, point number one, we all, in, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, no doubt she needed some help. She needs somebody to help her straighten this out and keep it straight in her head. Now, it was God that spoke to her. But, boy, after he spoke and the angel left, she was pretty much on her own. And it was a long walk. And the people, if anybody went with her, and we don't know whether they did or didn't, we imagine they did. But if anybody did, you know, they probably, they, if she told them about it, they might have thought she was crazy before they got there. Okay. Now... Hopefully, we have the good sense to seek counselors who know the Lord. That's, that would be my first. We, we all need counseling, but before you just run out in the phone book, okay? Do we have phone books anymore? Before you, before you Google that, okay? Hopefully, we seek out counselors who know the Lord and who are committed to God's plan for our life. Uh, I, I have a pastor friend in Pascagoula that says, you know, uh, Jesus loves you and I have a plan for your life. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping <laughs> that, that the plan I have for your life is the same plan that God has for your life. We all need counseling, counselors who will not condemn and criticize, but who will be honest and speak the truth uh, like she expected from Elizabeth and Zacharias, like she expected counselors that were open to hear her as much as she was open to hear them. Uh, the next thing we learn from Mary in this passage is that she not only needed some counseling. Why? Because she needed faith. She needed faith to keep believing. You know, there's a, there's a moment. There's moment-moving faith, and there's mountain-moving faith. There are moments in life that we seem to have great faith for something. Like, you know, in that moment, have you ever committed to something? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, two or three days later, uh, three months later, you're going, oh, I had faith for that at that moment, but now, yeah. Well, if you've never experienced that, January is coming, okay? <laughs> New Year's resolutions, yeah. Uh, I still uh, need a little forgiveness for how I feel uh, for, towards a family in here that talked my wife into taking their treadmill. Where are they? I, I, I saw them earlier. Uh, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> okay. We got that out. And I, we, we got it out. I mean, it, it was, whew. It was not easy to get out of, out of the upstairs bedroom down the stairs and into my house and put back together <clears throat> and uh, it stayed at our house for a little while somebody else has it now a nice elderly veteran who had uh, knee surgery and needed to walk why because it wasn't being used at my house there was faith for a moment <laughs> somewhere along the way the person who wanted it needed counseling they didn't get. 
because they ran out of faith for the, for the mountain. They had faith for the moment, not faith for the mountain. You know, Mary needed, like we need in our life, continual encouragement. We have to keep faith alive. And a lot of that is our responsibility. But, uh, it, you know, connected to our responsibility to keep our energy, to keep our faith, to keep our hope, you know, to, to, to keep that, is, is our responsibility to seek out those who can walk with us so that we can, you know, two are better than one. For if two walk together, one falls, the other one can lift them up. You know, and the treadmill just wasn't that big, you know. Never mind, you didn't make the jump. Two walking on the treadmill, one falls. No, okay, we'll save that for another day. Uh, you can edit right there, okay? All right. Uh, uh, sure, she, not, she needed faith, and she needed continual faith. She needed counseling. She needed, help. she needed something to look back on so she could say somebody else believes in me too. Okay? And it's important that we become that counsel for other people at times to let them know, look, I believe in you. And remember to, you know, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I texted, uh, you know, uh, a, a soldier yesterday that's in the middle of a very difficult war uh, in Israel. And uh, last night I texted him and, you know, I believe in you. I love you. You can do this. It's not easy. But how many times have you needed something and someone came along and has told you, you know, you can do this. You can do this. That's important. Uh, no doubt that, uh, that Mary needed faith, but she also needed courage. Why courage? Well, <laughs> because there were some difficult days ahead for Mary. Some really difficult. And I'm not just talking about the ones where she had to listen to her son getting 39 stripes on his back. To where she had to watch him be crucified and spit on. And, and he was innocent. He was perfect. I'm not talking about those days. I'm talking about the days when she had to make a return trip back up to home. And there when she got home to Nazareth, she was facing the fact that she was showing that she was pregnant. And people were going to know. And all of a sudden, sure enough. The one that she was engaged to found out and he is thinking and she had every reason to imagine that he was going to publicly divorce her. But he decided I'll do it privately. I don't want to cause her any more embarrassment or shame. You know, she's a nice lady. She's a nice girl. I, you, know, you know, let me just put her away privately. And had it not been for angelic intervention one more time, had it not been for divine intervention, Joseph would have, would have put her away and she would have been by herself again. But God showed up to him in a dream. You know, God's wonderful. God is wonderful. God finds us support. God finds encouragement for us. God finds us help. Look around you. You're walking on crutches. Look around you. You're already in the middle of a miracle. Other people are lifting you up every day. 
Look around you. God has surrounded you with encouragement and support. Look around you. He's called you to something difficult. Yes, you've said yes, and you have moment-moving faith, and then, and then praise God, you're continuing with mountain-moving faith, but somebody's making that possible. God is encouraging people to encourage you. Why? Because you need courage. You need courage to keep going. Except for God, as I said, Mary was pretty much on her own. Why? Because nobody else heard the angel, and she would have to live with that for the rest of her life. Nobody else saw what she saw. Nobody else knew what she knew. You know, other people may have said, oh, yeah, sure, but you know about how long somebody believes in your miracle? You know about how long somebody's going to look at you and go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, and they'll believe it until they get about 25 steps away, and then they'll start going, no, she didn't either. <laughs> you know? Oh, I don't know if that happened or not. They'll tell their friend, and they'll say, well, Mary said. But you know, just between me and you. <laughs> Come on. That's life. And every day, we have to face people who are at best confused about us. And who at worst just don't believe us, don't like us, don't believe in us. But we face them with a smile. Why? Because we have faith and courage. You see, knowing that you made the right choice can still leave you in a lonely place. That's why Elizabeth hid herself for five months. She didn't know how to explain her situation to her friends. And she knew her friends were going to ask. She knew they were going to be talking about it behind her back. She knew that she was going to have to, you know, uh, face some criticism and scrutiny and, 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 and hard questions. And Mary did too. And, 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 and she was headed for a difficult time. As I said, every day we have to face people. And every day we, uh, we, we have to give an answer for things that we don't even have an answers for. Our story may seem impossible to believe. And yet we believe it. And yet we know that God said to us, do this, do that, go here, go here, uh, go there, uh, you know, uh, say this, say that, you know, be, be, you know, and, you know, I mean, thank God for the confirmations. Sometimes they don't come for a long time. You know, in 1980, I walked out into Spring Lake Park in Texarkana because I heard God speak to me and tell me to go and, and, and uh, prophesy to a man that was laying on a park bench. All I had, nobody else heard it, you know. I had to say to Brenda, uh, let the kids swing here. In fact, I just told her about 30 minutes before, I think God just spoke to me and told me to go to Spring Lake Park. You know, she said, well, go with you. I said, okay, great. And we let the kids swing. And I just stand there at Spring Lake Park thinking, I might have missed this one. And he said, go talk to that man over there. I thought, well, you know, if I did miss God, he's throwing me a bone. I don't know. So I went over and I woke this guy up laying on the park bench, no shirt, no shoes. He had a, had a milk thing of, of water laying down. It was on the ground and he was still had it in his hand. 
And uh, I was standing with the sun to my back. I didn't realize it until later uh, that he and I were, uh, had, had t- were, were, were talking about it. First, he thought I was the police, and then he wasn't sure what I was because I, I said, I have a word from God for you. He thought, well, it might be an angel. He didn't know. And so I prophesied to him, and while I was prophesying to him, I told him that God, uh, God is going to restore your family. And, you know, you've been, you've been uh, removed from your family. They don't believe in you, but God's going to restore your family. Now, uh, that man, long story short, he ended up getting off the park bench. He was born again. That's why I told him. I prophesied. I said, you're a child of God. You're worth more than this. And uh, stop selling your blood. I didn't know, but later he had been selling his blood to just even live there. He had been kicked out of his house, um, which it was time for him to have his own house. He was like 26 years old. Uh, so he went home with me and... Uh, a couple of days later, we put him on a bus. He really believed he needed to go to Dallas. So he did. Well, fast forward about two and a half, three years. I was sitting in my office at the church I was pastoring up in northeast Texas. And I saw somebody get out of a car. And the people that got out with him, there was an older couple that I had led to the Lord about three or four months earlier and the person that got out of the car looked familiar and as he walked up it was him it was the guy off the park bench all dressed nice with a with a older man and woman i'd led to the lord and i said i said brenda come over here look look out this window who is that who is that and she called his name and i ran to the front door stepped out of the front door of the church i said hey he didn't know i was the pastor of the church hey he came running and hugged me he said i want you to meet my parents i said oh my goodness i said i led them to the lord not long ago they lived about 30 miles from us and they drove about 30 miles back and forth to church because i met them somewhere and led them to the lord i said you remember god prophesying to you on that bench in the park that God was going to restore your family. He said, yeah. I said, man, talk about confirmation. I did hear from God that day. Do you know how many times I wondered if I did in that two and a half or three years? Sometimes confirmation doesn't come for a a while. Amazing, isn't it? God connects the dots. God can, I wish I could turn that off and turn that, you know, I, 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 on and off. I, I don't have that on and off switch, you know. Almost like Elijah. Elijah only did seven miracles that are recorded in his whole lifetime. Okay? Uh, 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 you know, I, I don't know. If I could make that work, I'd make it work right now, and I'd tell every one of you something wonderful. Okay? But Almighty God is the one who speaks to us in our heart and then confirms it in his good time. We need faith that he said it whatever he says to you listen that moment moving faith that moment faith find somebody that you can get some counsel and encouragement somebody that else that heard God if you know you heard God stand on it trust in it wait on it okay believe it sometimes you can make the right decision by saying yes to God and it leave you in a lonely place Seeking counsel is very important. Why? Because we all need counseling. 
But not only that, we also all need courage. We need to believe. Whenever Mary greeted Elizabeth, something happened. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. John the Baptist, who was in her womb, leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth began to prophesy. Thus saith the Lord, you know. And she began to talk, you know. One of the things she said in verse 45 of Luke 1, Blessed is she who believed. That's how we know Mary believed it when the angel said it. Blessed is she who believed. But listen to this. I'm going to say the same thing to you today that, that she prophesied to Mary that day. There will be a fulfillment of those things which were told you from the Lord. That's what she said. That's the courage she needed. That's what she needed to hear. Blessed are you because you believe. But let me tell you something else. You can take this to the bank. There will be a fulfillment of those things that God has spoken to you. There will be a fulfillment of those things that God has spoken to you. Take courage. Take courage. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your trust because it can begin to leak out. You need to gather people around you that you know are filled with the Holy Ghost who can say to you, hold on there. Blessed are you. You believed God. Now you hang in there. There will be a fulfillment of what God has said to you. That's the reality. We all need counseling. Point number two, we all need courage to face the unknown. God is responsible for the outcome. He's trustworthy. Just like Mary, he will surround you with support. He's already surrounded you with support. You have to walk in and out of the world. You know, and we, we, we go out and we, we witness and we let our light shine and we share and we lead people to Christ and we feed the hungry and we clothe the naked and we visit those who are sick and in prison and bring water. You know, we, 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 we do those things. But thank God that we get to come back to, to, to a time of church, a time of family, a time of gathering to hear the Word of God, to be reinvigorated, to be re-encouraged, to receive the counseling that we need, to hear from God, to say, I'm not finished yet. Yet the Lord shall descend with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with a trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with him, and there shall we ever be with the Lord. Take courage. It's not over yet. Don't treat it like it's over. Your faith will outlast your experience. Every day, your faith will outlast your experience. This is the Christmas message, and it's marvelous. 
Perhaps you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. I don't want to let one service go by. I don't want to let one opportunity go by that I don't give you an opportunity, every person a chance to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. This world, it will wax worse and worse, but this world is a temporary place. Eternity is not just a long time. Eternity is without time. There is no time and eternity. You will spend it in heaven or in hell based upon your choices you make in this life. Your choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will secure you eternally in the arms of God in a wonderful new heaven and new earth wherein dwells righteousness and there will we ever be with the Lord. Please, the good news is that Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. The good news is that he paid for your sins. The good news is that if you will invite him into your life, he will come in, forgive your sins, and save your soul. He will not leave you alone. He will not leave you alone. He will surround you with support, but he will also, by his Holy Spirit, walk with you every step of the way. He will encourage you and teach you. The world will not treat you right if Jesus himself was walking in his earthly minister ministry at your work, at your job, in your community today, they would crucify him. You should never expect to be treated better than Jesus. I don't know why anybody ever expects to be treated better than Jesus, okay? We are here for a purpose. We are here for a work. Get born again. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and begin serving the Lord because Jesus is coming. Your friends and your family need a light. Would you just ask Jesus right now? You know, maybe you're here and you've never, you know, you're, you're sure, as, as, as Brother Vaughn says, maybe you're here and you are 100% sure you'd go to heaven today if you died. Maybe you are. But if you cannot answer that question, yes, I am sure, then you need to pray this prayer. Not every one of you can. Not every one of you can say, yes, I know I'd go to heaven if I die. Yes, I am born again. Not every one of you can say that. Well, if you can't, then you can pray this prayer. Pray this prayer right now, okay? Simply say, Jesus. Come on, congregation. Say it with us. Say it there in your home, driving down the road, listening to this, whenever, wherever you may be. Just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Save my soul. I give you my life. I'm sorry for my past. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Teach me what to do. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to be a light to others. Jesus, I belong to you. God, thank you for saving my soul. Now surround me with support. Make me a support for others. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.